everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the NUS Nursing Research Podcast Series, where we feature the latest works of our brightest minds. I'm Dr. Jocelyn Chiu, a research fellow at the Ellis Lee Centre for Nursing Studies. With us today, we have Dr. Shafali Shore, a tenured associate professor at the Ellis Lee Centre for Nursing Studies, National University of Singapore. Her research focuses on family health, where she designs and develops psychosocial and educational interventions for new parents, women and children. Dr. Shore is an expert in qualitative systematic reviews and serves as an editorial board member and reviewer for renowned international peer-reviewed journals. She has conducted both qualitative and quantitative studies and had published more than 160 peer-reviewed papers in journals with high impact factor. She also represents Singapore in the Southeast and East Asian Nursing Education and Research Network and Global Working Group on Salutogenesis. More importantly, she was my stunning tutor when I was an undergraduate student. Today, we will be speaking on parenting interventions in Singapore, reflections and a way forward. And Prof Shari will share some of her more significant parenting interventions developed over the past decade. These interventions have supported many parents in their new phase of life and have implications for developing, evaluating and implementing supportive parenting interventions for the multiracial Singapore society and beyond. Now, Prof Shore, could you first of all tell us a little bit more about yourself and the work that you do? Thank you very much for your kind introduction, Jocelyn. Um, so people always say, right, that it takes a village to raise a child. I personally feel that we also need a village to raise a parent. So this is what I believe in after many years of my research and clinical experiences dealing with this topic. Therefore, I have spent more than two decades of my clinical and research experiences to support parents in Singapore. I hope through this podcast, we learn from each other, come together and put up our way forward together to support parents in Singapore and beyond. Hello everyone, my name is Shifali Shore. I'm a nursing and midwifery academic at Alice Lee Centre for Nursing Studies at the National University of Singapore. Let me now share with you my journey of developing and evaluating supportive interventions for new parents. As we all know, parenting is a stressful transition period for new parents, especially for the first-time parents, because they go through lots many challenges, including physical, psychological, social, and they have no prior experience of looking after our child. So how can we support these parents? There was a question I have as a newly minted midwife when I was working in my clinical days. I often feel parents feeling overwhelmed because of the um, you know, short stays in the hospital and early hospital discharges were getting very common. Though in Singapore, we were giving and doing our best to support these parents with the educational programs and all that. However, we had limited time to deal with these parents because of the rush of discharging these uh, parents. Even when we were managed to provide and give our best educational uh, uh, support to these parents, parents often feel overwhelmed because they had many pressing demands during that time because it's a short period they have to settle many things around new babies. So that's when I started looking at how we can support these parents despite of us having such a beautiful educational programs in that uh, form of pamphlets and educational booklets um, available. I remember vividly when parents were going home because the new demands of taking care of the baby was coming up they sometimes don't even know that these pamphlets and these booklets are actually available in their bags which they have received from us when they are going home. 
So that's when the question come that how these parents can be supported. In fact, I have seen many young budding researchers coming to me and saying that how do you know how to support parents in Singapore? My answer is listen to them. That's what I have done in my entire career to hear from parents how we can support them better. And here we are today and today, Jocelyn, I'll be sharing with you my journey with the hope that we all learn from each other, come together and put a best foot forward to support parents in Singapore and beyond. Right. You know, you know as a new mother myself, uh, I can truly testify to all the struggles of a new parent that you've mentioned. Uh, I know it's not rocket science, but I feel that it's even more difficult than my PhD, you know. So all, all along I know that uh, uh, being a new parent is very difficult. So, but at the same time, I didn't expect it to be so difficult, right? So I always joke with my friends to say, hey, you know, uh, the first few weeks after my confinement nanny had left, uh, it was a true, I think it was, it, I can say that it's the most traumatic experience in my whole life so far. Oh gosh, Jocelyn. I feel you. I remember, in fact, I think many things I do, partly my own personal experiences and struggles as a new parent has actually helped me explore further that how we can support uh, parents in uh, Singapore, especially based on their individual needs. So I vividly remember, you know, when I saw these overwhelmed parents bringing their babies home post childbirth, I often, often wish that we could have some support in Singapore as it is available in Nordic countries and Western countries where parents have been provided continuity of care with midwives and uh, community nurses going to their homes. So I definitely feel you and that was the reason, you know, that this idea incepted in my mind that how can I support parents in Singapore and providing them the support which is required by, th by them. And I remember I couldn't find much evidence available in Singapore that how these parents can be supported. And I met very beautiful people along in my learning, learning journey. And I remember very wise women once told me, Shefali, anything not published not done so i think i have taken that responsibility about uh, about really disseminating the findings that uh, whatever we do it needs to reach to the people and that's what we are doing hopefully through this podcast people know the kind of work we are doing which are evidence-based and according to the individual needs of the parents if i can say it's contextualized according to the multiracial singaporean parents needs so therefore, my research journey, vividly remember, uh, it started around 2010, 2011, when did a lot of exploratory research in a way that we did qualitative interviews, we did quantitative survey. We wanted to hear from parents what exactly we can support them. And uh, I remember starting with first-time parents. We, we did interviews with them. We even get experienced parents, fathers coming in, even grandparents, because we have a very unique society where we have extended support from family members are available. But we also wanted to see whether that support, is this enough? How else or what else we can do to support these parents? So while I and my team, we were learning how we can support parents with our exploratory studies, I remember very like-minded individuals, I think, across the world was also doing a great research and uh, publishing a lot on and disseminating their findings that how they are supporting parents in the different parts of the world. So that's where the ideas of consolidating the evidence came about. I wanted to see how we can do certain systematic reviews, which means to put all the primary studies together to see what is the available evidence and most importantly, what are the gaps we can fill to support our parents in Singapore. So that's what uh, we are doing and here we are today. Right. I think, I think it's truly interesting that you even did 
studies on the, the support that grandparents give because I myself, my child is currently with my, my mother, yeah. her grandmother. So, uh, you know, this is especially true for the Asian context, especially yeah. when, you know, we are uh, living in such close proximity. Especially in Singapore, you know, we are such a dense uh, society. Yeah. So how did you actually go about implementing your interventions into your research? You know, it's, um, it, it was a long process and it, it happened gradually. It's not overnight. So I started with interviewing first-time mothers first. And then we found that, yes, they have a special needs, but experienced mothers, they have their own needs. For example, how they can assimilate the older child and the sibling. And then we also realized that actually fathers, they have very specific needs, especially in an Asian context, Jocelyn. I mean, I don't know, it was so shocking when I saw fathers coming along and saying these words, I'm sidelined. I, I am taken as a lamppost because always the focus from us healthcare professionals as well as the family members around, it was on babies or mummies. And then we also said exactly what you said that in Singapore, we have a very unique infrastructure and we are very blessed to have our extended family members, especially grandparents supporting our kids. And we wanted to hear from grandparents what they think the support we are providing from the hospital because it's a generation gap and evidence has evolved. I give you one example. I remember when uh, we, the children were born decades ago, um, when the baby has an umbilical cord, we used to use alcohol to clean it and so that it remained safe and, uh, you know, well for the baby. However, now the evidence has shown that just cool boiled water is enough. So I remember grandparents and children always have, uh, and especially the, you know, new parents having this miscom. Why we are not using alcohol, you know? So fathers, grandparents, first time and experienced parents, they all had their individual needs. So that's when I started with my very first program, which was called Postpartum Psychoeducational Program. We started with the first time mothers and we supported them by going to their home. Now, that was very well accepted by the mothers. However, logistically, you know, Jocelyn, it's not possible that midwives going to each mom's home and support in Singapore because we know there's a scarcity of healthcare providers, not in Singapore, it's a global issue. So that's when my second intervention called HBNA or Home But Not Alone was incepted. What we did in Home But Not Alone was we supported both first time as well as experienced mothers and also involved fathers. And what I think something I want to share with everybody is because when we contextualize um, any intervention, it's also important that intervention should have special meaning behind it. For example, the name of this second intervention, Home But Not Alone. As you know, when we do confinement practices, in, um, I know in international world, we call it doing the month. So I remember when moms are sitting at home, not allowed to go, ho uh, go out, when they, they feel that they're alone in this journey. So I wanted to give them that assurance that you're at home, but not alone. So that's when HBNA was incepted. And again, I think um, we use an app to reach out to parents and they can have an access to all these educational materials anywhere, anytime. However, we also learned at that time that uh, we are only focusing on healthy parents. And uh, especially, uh, like I mentioned earlier, fathers were sidelined and our focus remained on postpartum period. That means after childbirth. And I'm guilty of one of those healthcare professionals who felt only when baby is born, then parents need help. I was totally wrong. Parents need help across the perinatal period from pregnancy. In fact, I will share the later part of this podcast. In fact, I will say even when they, before they get 
pregnant, the preconception stage. So this led to my third program, Supportive Parenting Educational Program, also known as SPEP. It supported parents, both first-time experienced fathers, mothers across the perinatal period, right from pregnancy all the way up to three months post childbirth. Again, program was well received by parents. Statistically, it shows that it's working very well and parents were really enjoying and as researchers, we had a lot of uh, satisfaction. In fact, in fact, all these programs were well received, not only by our research participants. In fact, uh, media has a lot of coverage on these programs. Our findings were also published in national newspapers. And uh, at that time, something unique happened in our local context in Singapore that we had this cohort study called Growing Up in Singapore Towards Healthy Outcomes in Short Gusto. The findings of these studies were published and it was found out that the mothers who are at risk of getting depression, their babies were not doing well when they were year 10 or 11 years old. And that's when I realized that all this while my programs are focusing on healthy parents, there was a need to focus on such psychosocially disadvantaged parents. And that's when my fourth program came into place, which is called Peer Support Intervention Program in short PIP. The uniqueness of this program was that we actually trained lay peer volunteers, which are parents themselves, those who have experienced such depressive symptoms in the past and they have overcome it. We wanted to create that hope for, for parents in Singapore that if these parents can overcome such situations, so can they. So this peer support, I, I, to the best of my knowledge, I think that was the, our program was the first one who have introduced uh, peer support for maternity care. And again, um, it was very well received by, by people. And in fact, again, it was uh, published in newspapers. And I vividly remember how beautifully sometimes things unfold. We don't even plan. So these peer support volunteers, they were actually paired with the mothers based on their ethnic backgrounds. Or even if a parent has a one child, we want the volunteer to have also a one child. But what we didn't know, which only came out when uh, some you know media people go and interviewed my peer volunteers, there was this mother who had a child with special needs. Happened so, which was again, it was just not planned, that our peer volunteer also had a special need child. So when they come together, the support they give to each other, it was mind-blowing, you know. And in fact, many of them have forged very beautiful friendships. Until today, they are part of, you know, each other's lives and also part of my other subsequent uh, projects. So what I want to share with you is, Jocelyn, sometimes we plan things um, to the best of our ability, but we don't know how it's going to you know, uh, unfold and can give us even better results. So, so I think we need to continue to learn and relearn and uh, work on our prior experiences and to make our next projects better. And I personally believe no project is perfect. There's always a limitations. All we need to have is continued lifelong learning mindset. Right. I think it's wonderful that you're helping so many parents with your research work. I just Thank recalled, you. you know, you mentioned about using an app to develop, I mean, to deliver your program. I remember seeing something like that on the newspaper. Is it that one? Yes, that's the one. Wow, that's Wow, amazing. you're very that, well informed, huh? That's <laughs> a long time ago, I remember. Wow, your research has spanned uh, across the time. So I know that you have actually earned a lot of awards for your research projects. So I remember there's one uh, by the Ministry of Social and Family Development. Uh, I think it's that ministry. Uh, so what do you actually do to earn this award? Oh, thank you. Wow, Justin, you're really following me, huh? Yeah, so there's MSF. Uh, yeah, we, I received an award called Friends of MSF. Again, 
I don't know what is the criteria for that award. All I knew was I was just doing uh, what I like the best, supporting parents in Singapore. So award just came by. But I think what I remember is the most beautiful thing for me was that when my studies findings were published in newspaper, I was actually contacted by MSF. And they wanted me to support the parent, and especially during COVID-19, uh, when routine visits to the hospitals were stopped. I was asked by MSF through their Family for Life Facebook page to support Singaporean parents uh, with my educational sessions. And you know, as a researcher, I always wanted my findings to go beyond publications and being translated to the clinical areas or community. That was a dream come true. And you know, Jocelyn, I remember vividly, we started in 2020 around March, all the way until December, every Friday. I will have these live Facebook sessions where millions of parents will tune in, ask questions, clarify their doubts, and most importantly, giving them that reassurance that we are here as a community to support them. So that was the most beautiful thing I think happened to me in my career where I saw live how my research findings are going and affecting parents' life in Singapore. Right, so, so that's when you were awarded or rather recognised for being a friend of MSF. Correct me if I'm wrong, when you were doing these weekly sessions, it was also the one where you were in scrubs, you see? That's right, yes. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a stalker. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Right, right. Yeah, so, so thanks Jocelyn, yeah. Um, so uh, in fact, all those videos are still available on uh, Family for Life pages. So that's the beauty of, you know, like this podcast. It will remain in somewhere, I think, on web pages and parents hopefully or young researchers can come and tune in and see how they can benefit from it. So again, I'm very thankful to MSF for, you know, giving me that opportunity that my research studies have been translated. So since January around 2021, I have been collaborating with the MSF and we are developing a lot of educational programs to reach out to uh, Singaporean parents. Most importantly, I'm actually training uh, community dwelling parents as peer volunteers so that they can support other parents. And uh, that's a very beautiful journey we are on together, which is continued till today. So again, even though the supportive parenting app worked very well and PIP also has done a great job, I felt that these educational programs, they helped me to learn from my own mistakes in the past in the sense that, for example, if we were focusing on only one group of parents, how we can improve it. And also we did deliberate uh, reflections as a team to see that how we can come together and put our best foot forward for our next intervention. So again, my very latest research project is called Supportive Parenting App, also known as SPA, where what we have done is so far, all my research focus remain on healthy parents or psychosocially disadvantaged mothers. What we missed out in these whole programs were the infants, the babies themselves. So this SPA project, which is currently being tested and evaluated among all the tertiary public hospitals naming Singapore General Hospital, National University Hospital, as well as KKH. What we are doing is we are supporting parents right from pregnancy all the way up till six months post childbirth. And most importantly, we are not only focusing on that, how the program is supporting new parents, but also indirectly, how the program is affecting the newborn outcomes. In fact, we have a longitudinal follow-ups up to one year of child's, uh, after childbirth. So you've done a lot of work with parents, infants, grandparents. So which aspect do you think is most important for you to further your research? That's a very good question. In fact, that's something I've been pondering on late, uh, you know, that how we can support parents better. We have already, you know, been supporting them from pregnancy all the way till after childbirth. In fact, I think my experiences has shown that Jocelyn, there's a way to go. A lot more needs to be done uh, for the parents and especially one stage, which is nobody has touched so far in Singapore, 
preconception stage. Mm -hmm. That means before pregnancy. I feel it's too late by the time parents are already pregnant to tell them do's and don'ts. So it's very important. We need to inculcate positive parenting. We need to improve the community experiences. We need to come together. You know, in Singapore, colloquial, I'm going to use called Kampong Spirit. When parents come together and support each other. And most importantly, like I said, I have started taking uh, steps, baby steps, but a lot more need to done for the parents who are belonging to psychosocial disadvantaged backgrounds. So again, uh, I also feel, um, Jocelyn, that the technology is evolving at the fastest rate. You know, I remember doing home visits, then come up with the web-based programs and now using apps. And I feel you don't know. Maybe we will use Metaverse, we will use AI or virtual reality to reach out to the parents and you know, incorporate all these latest technologies to give the best uh, you know, support to the parents in Singapore. And also, most importantly, engaging with the multidisciplinary teams. You know, as a healthcare provider, as a clinician, nurse and midwife, I feel a lot to learn from, for example, digital health experts lot to learn from other clinicians so I think we should come together and hopefully the, this podcast will set that stage where not only in local context also international collaborators will come together and you know we learn from each other's uh, experiences reflect together and support the parents in Singapore and beyond most importantly you know Jocelyn I want to tell you this we have a lot to learn from many of our supporting neighboring countries and especially from the western side of the world and Nordic countries where Continuity of care for the parents is uh, not a new thing. So I think it's important that we learn from each other's experiences, but most importantly, contextualize the care which is required according to the individual needs of the parents in Singapore. I feel that the way forward for us is in addition to, you know, providing, um, you know, incorporating latest technology, preconception stage, especially in Singapore, I feel it's important to engage multidisciplinary teams, especially digital health experts and other clinicians. We also need to look at cost effectiveness of these programs so that we want to see that is it economical to reach out to these parents and supporting them for such long period during, you know, after hospital discharge. I vividly remember when I started my academic journey as a newly minted assistant professor and I was building my research program, I was advised not to focus on parenting research. They say there are no funds into it, that. You know, Jocelyn, I want to tell you this thing that, you know, I followed my heart because that was a need I felt the parents in Singapore, they required individualized and contextualized support. And all my programs, they have been led one after another. Gradually, we learn from each other's experiences. And these are all peer-reviewed funded projects. So it's important that I think we need to remain true to our purpose, which is, for my case, supporting parents in Singapore. Right. So, you know, to aspiring researchers like me, uh, what, what would be your advice or experience in managing these kind of comments from the skeptics? I feel you, Jocelyn, and I know it's not easy, yes, and uh, people will have certain ways, and uh, they're all, I think, coming in with good intentions. Probably they have experiences, they see probably such parenting research or anything doesn't work, and then they will give you, um, you know, some advices. I think what important thing you need to know, I, like I mentioned earlier, first, remain true to your purpose, and also knowing what is going on. Like for myself, it was my clinical experience. If it also the evidence, by whether it's my primary research among parents in Singapore, even secondary research where we did systematic review, and I realized that there is a market, there is a need where parents need to be supported. And I strongly believe that, you know, any door which is closed, you need to knock. Knock, it will be open, right? I'm excited about the future and hope we can continue to learn from others and collaborate so that we can support new parents with our evidence-based educational programs and provide best and healthy start to the newborns who are the future of our society. 
let's come together as a village to learn, support and raise well-informed parents in Singapore and beyond. Right. Thank you, Prof. Shari, for sharing with us your wonderful insights on parenting research. I think your passion for research and has been most inspiring for budding researchers like me and your passion for making a difference, one at a time, is truly inspiring. Thank you so much, Jocelyn. You've been listening to a podcast on parenting interventions in Singapore, Reflections and Way Forward, part of the NUS Nursing Research Podcast Series. With us today in the studio was Dr. Shafali Shore, a tenured associate professor at the Ellis Lee Centre for Nursing Studies, National University of Singapore. I'm Dr. Jocelyn Chu. Thank you for joining us in this episode and stay tuned for our next podcast. <music>